We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some will die in hot pursuit and fiery auto crashes, and some will die in hot pursuit while sifting through the ashes. Some will fall in love with picks and drink it from the fountain that is pouring like the Chiefs draft picks coming down the mountain. What's up, everybody? Welcome to 21 Questions, the KCSN Q&A show weekly. I'm Craig Stout. With me is my good friend, BJ Kissel. We are here to answer your questions on a very eventful week for the Kansas City Chiefs. My goodness. Um, For everybody that was, you know, a little bit down in the dumps about the Chiefs not doing something, they more than made up for it this week. Uh, BJ, how are you doing today, buddy? Good, man. I just wish we had something to talk about. Yeah, I just, nothing. I, I have it all. And I don't know what the questions are. So I, I'm yeah. assuming I have a pretty good idea on what a lot of those are going to be. But uh, this is my favorite podcast. Always nice. You mixed it up. Sometimes it's classic think- rock. And then sometimes it's classic rock for us old people. But it was just music we listened to in college that's now yeah. probably considered uh, some kind of classic rock, alternative rock, whatever that is. But yeah, it's always good to see you, my friend. I I had to mix it up this week because I have been sick and I have been giving presentations at the day job and just been basically talking for like three and a half days straight. So the voice is slowly going. So I couldn't, you know, the Macy Gray from a few weeks back. Uh, you're just going to have to go back to listen to that. I, I can't I can't do that. Can't do that this week. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're just stuck with my. You know, early 2000s it's, classic rock, buddy. And it is not a McAdoodles type segue here, but it's pretty good when that, you know, you got a lot of work, you're pretty tired. I will actually recommend to you, my friend, uh, Trade Coffee. Um, it was something that's gotten hooked up through our Blue Wire partnership. Uh, they had introduced us to this company called Trade Coffee, and you go online, answer just a few questions, and they basically give you your own personal you know, variety of types of coffee that they think you're going to like based on the way that you answer these questions. And they will guarantee that you'll love your first order. They're going to replace that for free. And they've already sent more than 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 500, or excuse me, 750,000 positive reviews for anybody who drinks coffee. It's a good way to do it. Um, I've gone through it. My wife drinks coffee every single morning. She's told me that she likes the coffee that's coming in and it's more than, you know, 60 of the best um, craft roasters around the country. A lot of small businesses, big businesses, all that. And right now trade is offering new subscribers, a total of $30 off your first order plus 
free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash KCSN and let trade find you a coffee that you're going to love. Again, that's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off. I've done it. Got some coffee already. Got some more coming. My wife already loves it, Craig. So if you're looking for some more coffee, that's a pretty good way to do it. Always. I always <laughs> need more coffee. And if you are struggling with the events of this week or any events, this podcast is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, preventing you from achieving your goals, you or someone you love, falling into depression or struggling with anxiety that can keep you from what you really want to care about? BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist within 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. This is true professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise that may not be locally available to you. You may live in an area where therapy is a little bit of a desert for you. BetterHelp can help you out there. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account Anytime, send a message to your therapist and get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video and phone sessions to help match your busy lifestyle without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, so please visit their website, and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Go visit betterhelp.com slash KCSN. That's better H-E-L-P slash KCSN to join the over 2 million people that have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, they are so swamped with people that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. So once again, for listeners of the show, if you feel you need it, Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash KCSN. Let's get to the biggest news that has happened since the last time that we have talked. The Chiefs go out of their way after trading Tyreek Hill. We covered that fairly extensively. There's lots of podcasts yesterday. Go listen to those <laughs> if you want those initial reactions. Chiefs go out of their way today to sign Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, MVS. BJ, what's your immediate reaction to them signing MVS to a three-year, $30 million deal? Yeah, I think the first reaction was good. They got a guy with experience that's shown to be able to make big-time plays. And I think everybody and their brother and sister at this point has said he's not a replacement for Tyreek Hill. He is a he has a skill set. You want to build your receiver core, kind of like your basketball team. Everybody's got a little bit different of a skill set. And now you've got that speedster a guy that can take the top off the defense that might be a speedster, but he's still got some good size. He can go out and get the ball down the field. We say speedster, you know, you can, you know, kind of call McCole Hardman um, a speedster in that way, a guy who can fly, but uh, it's a guy that's shown to be able to get down the field. Um, his route tree, and we were talking before we recorded, you know, whenever it's a receiver, I always go to Matt Harmon's reception perception and all those things because it gives you the route tree, the success, and there's no huge surprise here. You know, go routes, corner routes, things that, you know, get him long stride down the field. And that's what Andy Reid wants on his defense is that kind of uh, threat 
on the outside. Again, it's not going to replace Tyree kill. The big, you know, word or phrase of the week is, you know, replaced in the aggregate, you know, mm-hmm. get a bunch of different skill sets, put them out there, but I like the moves, not a ton of money considered the other, you know, market that's out there and what guys have been going for. So it's positive. Obviously Andy Reed signs off on it. You, you're going to feel good about how he feels yeah. that he can get into it, but yeah. How can you not like bringing in a guy that's, you know, I think we saw our, our old friend, Matt McMullen had the stat that, you know, Marquez Valdez Scanlon over the last two years has led the NFL in, you know, air yards, uh, according to pro football focus and, you know, average depth of target. Uh, so he's getting the ball deep down the field and making plays. Yeah. And I mean, people pointed to that. He, he's kind of lived a little bit of a charmed life in the NFL comes into the league, gets to play with Aaron Rodgers, and then gets his second contract with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there, there are worse ways to live as a wide receiver. The Chiefs needed a veteran. They needed another guy. I don't think that they felt – I don't think anybody expected that after they traded Tyree Kill that they were just going to wait until the draft to draft a couple of guys. This just made sense. Uh, he wins on the vertical plane, like BJ said. I, he's going to win on go routes, post routes, corner routes, and you know he's going to mix in that D-Rob post-corner a little bit. Maybe not as good. That D-Rob was an elite post-corner runner, but he's going to win at, on the vertical plane there. But he's also a ridiculously good blocker. Uh, and we said that same thing about Juju Smith-Schuster as well. So now the Chiefs have gone out of their way to add two good blockers at wide receiver. I know that's one of those things that's just like, eh, you know, it's a good wide receiver, blocking wide receiver. If the Chiefs are going to adopt a few more traditional run scheme looks and less RPOs, I mean, this is with Tyree Kill moving on, you may have to go to more traditional stuff and less rpos that that could be a good thing for this team but if that's going to be the case you got to have receivers that can also block on the perimeter and free these guys up i mean it makes sense it seems like we're maybe shifting the the way that the offense may run a little bit and it also gives you the ability i mean right now your your trio is MVS, Juju, and McCole Hardman and i think we all expect that they're going to add somebody early in the draft probably or spend a draft pick to trade for somebody we'll see brett veach is who he is but i think that you're going to see four players i think that can do a little bit of everything have their own role as well and it's not going to be quite so focused on one individual receiver winning and hoping the rest of the guys can get open i think you're trying to play to the strengths of multiple guys and hoping that they can get open as a group rather than just saying hey tyreek you're awesome at everything go win out there. So, yeah. And yeah. the other thing that jumps out, I guess, when you look at MVS's numbers, his stat page and all that, he's, he's 6'4", 206. Yeah. Like, he's, this he's is not, dude. We say he's a speeder guy can get down the field. Obviously, the long stride, you watch him go out and play. Um, he's physical at the catch point, all of those things. But uh, that jumps out. But you look at you know his stats, if you're looking for projections, you know, this isn't a guy that's gotten anywhere close to like a 1,000 yards in the season. So, again, you people are going to make that comparison because he's the first receiver you sign after Tyree Kill gets traded. But, you know, his top season back in 2020 had 33 receptions for 690 yards and six touchdowns. Now, I think that's the year he led the NFL at 20.9 <laughs> yards per reception. So he's going to make big plays down the field. Again, he's going to take that top off the defense. But again, it's that, you know, that group in the aggregate what can they go out and do and that's where i start to feel a little bit better and i'm not going to i am firmly in the camp of you can't convince me the chiefs are going to be better in 2022 without tyree kill than they would i'm not coming off of that but do i think that an offense that rolls out with patrick mahomes juju smith schuster travis kelsey 
Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then whoever else they add, whether it's again, trading a high draft or using a draft pick on a receiver, a high one, or trading one of those assets to get another veteran. Like I'm going to feel good about that. Or like an Odell Beckham, you know, he's hurt later in the season. Like that group can go out and have enough, enough success and put points on the board to give the chiefs a chance in my opinion. So again, not mm-hmm. what it was with Tyreek, but there's still playmakers in that group need a couple more. Um, but you got to feel good about, you know, picking up uh, an MVS at this point, uh, make you feel a little bit better to start, you know, kind of chipping away at some of that value and some of that production you got to make up for. Yeah. And I believe Maddie, this morning, when you're listening to this, go to the KCSN Substack page. He's got the film review for MVS. He's going to break it down with lots of videos, show you lots of examples. The, uh, the only thing that I'll touch on outside of what he's going to do there, there are some drop issues. Now, last year he didn't have any. He had zero total drops, and that's great. That's best year of his career. But there were a lot of stuff. I, our good pal Jake Morley, Packers fan, been watching him his entire career, basically said, if it's if it's a thumbs-up catch, where basically he's up in the air and he's reaching above his head, he's coming down with it. If it's a thumbs-down catch, where it's in front of him, yeah, maybe. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just one of those that, like, you – he makes some of the spectacular stuff drops some of the easier stuff. So we'll see how that improves. They clearly have a role for him, but it's exciting to see. We'll see what they continue to add, but a guy that's definitely going to make an impact here. All right, let's get to the questions here. BJ hasn't seen any of these, so I can't wait (laughs) to shock him with all of these and, and surprise him. And I'm going to ask you all the schematic stuff, BJ, all of it, please, please. Yeah. All right. uh, Grayson, asks should slash will the chiefs pass on a wide receiver at 30 after signing juju this was happening earlier in the week bj this is before the tyree kill trade actually at this point they pretty much have to use one of those first rounders on a wide receiver right is that is that where you are yeah one of the 29 30 and 50 some combination or those assets are going to be used on some sort of offensive playmaker it's going to be a receiver um, I would be shocked if that wasn't the case. Now that could change in a week when they make a trade for a Tyler Lockett or somebody. I don't know what they're going to do, um, hey, but no. it you go out and get, I know you yeah, go out and get I, a player like that. A guy, a, a receiver that we've all heard of a guy that we know that another veteran can go out and make plays. Uh, I strongly would expect them to go out and make one more pick. Now it's weird looking at the drafts and how they use those assets because this year more than any other, and granted we still have time. Uh, so we're still not too far ahead of ourselves, but when have the Chiefs gone into a draft absolutely needing to take one position? They don't put it that way because good teams don't set up themselves to have to, you know, if we're going into this draft saying they got to get a defensive end to start day one in this draft and we're not picking until 29, that's a bad position to be in. Mm -hmm. So I fully expect them to figure that out between now and then with the resources that they have. But yeah, I think one of those top picks is going to be a receiver now. It's just a matter of which one because you can find all of them on the KCSN YouTube channel. We have hey. highlights of everybody. Yeah. And so Go there and watch those. BJ, I can tell you the last time that they went into the week of the draft with an empty spot and they picked at 29, 30-ish, and they traded for Frank Clark. So, I mean, they didn't even make yeah. it to the draft. I, I will be shocked if they get to draft day. It would be, they it were would working be a on that change. Yeah. They were working on that trade for a long – that was happening. You, do you think so, BJ? You want some, you want some inside information that was going Absolutely. on Absolutely. Let's do they this. They negotiated yes. compensation for a while on that one, so that wasn't a huge surprise when it finally came down. 
All right. Andy Nagel, who has a better year, Noah Gray or Jody Fortson, BJ? Oh, man. Uh, Stat-wise, I think it would yeah. be awesome for – It'd be awesome for Jody Fortson. Like I'd love to see him go out there and make plays. I can see situations in which he's schemed up. He's got opportunities to go out there and make plays. I think Noah Gray is going out there and making a ton of plays. It's because of some sort of an injury. Um, I don't think there's a, a matchup situation there. It's nothing against Noah Gray. I thought I, I, you guys heard me last year screaming it during training camp and OTAs mm-hmm. like stop blowing this guy up. It's not going to be fair to him when he gets to camp and then everybody's disappointed uh, when it turns into be something else. But, yeah, I'd go with Jody Fortson. I think he's earned it. He, If you walk by that dude, like you stand next to him, you're just like, I don't know how people – he's a mismatch for anyone uh, except maybe some NBA guys. He's big, tall, long arms. Like he'll go out and make some plays in the red zone. But, um, yeah, you still got to cap your expectations uh, for anybody. You just want to see him get a chance and go out there and make some plays because he's earned it and then figure out how much production after that. I would be maybe a little higher on Noah Gray if they hadn't a- – brought Blake Bell back. Now, I think they're going to keep all four tight ends. I I think that that's a fairly comfortable thing. But I think if they felt like Noah Gray was ready to take that next step, even, you know, Blake Bell on a minimum contract is fine, you know, as a true wide tight end that's going to be a blocker. But the fact that they brought Blake back, I think kind of tells you they want to keep the the tight end room how it is and that in mind. Yeah. This is a great – it's a great example of if I would have had these questions, I would have had this information readily available. But I think it was uh, Carrington Harrison, I think it was CDOT that had a tweet the other day that somebody asked or somebody had projected Jody Fortson for like 400 yards and, you know, three touchdowns. And his response was there. Are, and he like quote tweeted with the 11 tight ends in the NFL that had 400 yards. Like there, yeah. it's not like 18 no. tight ends are having 700 yards. Like it literally like 10 guys get 400 yards. So, uh, you put that in perspective of and it's relative to what is successful for those guys. Get on the field and make plays. Yeah. You know, it, like just these guys have been busting their tails for years uh, behind the scenes. That's why I see Garrett Dieter go out there and score a touchdown and get right. a shot. Like been around these guys. You see how much time they put in, give them an opportunity to go make, go make some plays. The big institution's biggest fan. What is the possibility of Michigan edge David Ojabo falling to the chiefs after his Achilles injury and should slash, will we take him? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this. If the chiefs only had one first round pick, I think I very safely say no, as it stands. Maybe I, I, I think with the way that this roster is shaping up and they have mm-hmm. clearly decided that they're going to refresh the core a little bit. And that's, it's a good move. It was going to happen again at some point in the Mahomes contract year, and it may happen again, you guys. You know, it's one of those things. Happened in 2019. We're looking at it again here, refreshing the core, it looks like. And if that's the case, you could do you could do far worse than taking a guy that's got supreme talent. Now, probably missing the entire year. He just popped yeah. that Achilles. I mean, it, it, you're redshirting him. But, yeah, they haven't done that. But, man, I would. I would because how many examples do you have of guys who got injured and then they get drafted lower than they should and they turn out to be pretty damn good. Now they're mm-hmm. there. I'm sure there are always exceptions on their side, but Jeffrey Simmons is the one that jumps out to me. Oh yeah. Uh, but even, but even a guy like Maurice Hurst, you know, he didn't, he didn't produce like the first round pick that some people thought he was, but when the Raiders took him in the fifth round, he was still a rotational guy there for a couple of years. Like mm-hmm. that's still great value for where you draft the guy. Now he's, 
Ojabo is not going to fall that far. Uh, but Jalen Smith, you know, going back a few years to guys who had some health concerns and the Chiefs just they haven't in the past taken those guys, but that could be a very unique situation um, to get an edge rusher like that that could actually make an impact that you could draft oh, that low because it just doesn't happen unless you get you get lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just DRK, what traits do you look for or most value in an edge prospect outside of the first round? We know the success rate isn't high after you get out of the first round, but there are still guys that are found later, a la Max Crosby in the fourth round, Shaq Barrett undrafted. Those guys <laughs> tend to be very explosive and yeah. tend to be bendy. Uh, Justice Mosqueda has something that he calls I was force rushers. You were going to talk about yeah. force rushers? Yeah. Uh, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, this is on a tee. Like, I don't yeah. just... Yeah, go for it then. Explain to the people what force wrestlers are. No, you explain what force okay. wrestlers are. I just okay. know that it was justice, and I was like, it's athleticism. Yeah, and it I, is. I, I it, yeah. it is an athletic matrix that he has come up with. It, he started this a long time ago, and he he does force rushers. I did see that because I wanted something for cornerbacks that was similar to what justice was doing. Fully admit that I'm I'm kind of ripping off the idea there, but. <laughs> Um, it is an athleticism model, and it is insanely accurate. Like these guys, as you get out into the later rounds, you can find these guys that have these density-adjusted athletic ma- matrices that all of a sudden are these rare prospects. And Max Crosby was one of those guys. Shaq Barrett is one of those guys. You you see them every single year, and these guys fall because either production or maybe they haven't picked the game up yet or something like that. But because of what they are, the size, speed, explosion, you know, bend, stuff like that, because of what they are, they just tend to translate even more. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm pure athleticism. That's why I love the Josh Kando pick last year. Pure athleticism. Take a gamble on a guy like that. There's, It's not the question, and I don't know the questions that are coming up, but I have a hot take slash I wouldn't hate it type move. And I've, I have not brought this up to you guys and I don't think it's going to be met well, but we're going to tease that for the end of the show. Cause I really okay. want to get okay. your opinion. I love it. Love it. On a guy. All right. Casey, Chris, fill in the blanks. The chief should give up blank this pick to move up to the blank pick in the first round to draft blank. If he's still there, who's your trade up candidate based on the players that you've watched VJ. There's one player. It's not a. It's not a need in the way that everybody else has talked about it. I have not heard this position being drafted this high, but if you can get Jordan Davis, oh man, I, oh. I have zero issue going up to like 15. You put Jordan Davis and Chris Jones next to each other. I don't care if we don't have an edge rusher. Like you're not stepping up in the pocket. Like it's over in that yeah. way. And I can just see for offensive line, defensive line for the for the scouts and, and Brett Veach and Andy Reid. I can see a scenario in which they watch that play and like, that's the best dude in the draft. Mm-hmm. That is the, the most disruptive player in this draft. Um, Bar none. I, w- I would not hate it to move. Up. I don't think it fixes anything that we've talked about, but it definitely oh, is one of go. those. I'll tell you how it fixes. You want to know how it fixes I, it? I okay. Explain this. Defenses are going to more too high structure to try and keep a lid on all these explosive players. There's tons of explosive wide receivers that are coming out of the draft every year. You basically have to live in too high structures with your safeties, period. And the Chiefs now have two good rangy ones in Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed on the back end there. Yep. That means that cornerbacks are becoming a little, this much, a little less important and because you're corners. going to have that safety help over the top of them. 
a lot. So with that being said, now all of a sudden you've got an extra safety that's not in the box. Your front four has to win, not just in the pass rush, but also in run defense because your box count is light. Players like Jordan Davis, Vitavea, Dontari Poe, these athletic freaks that can do both are rare, extremely rare. It's why that it's why Jordan Davis won't be there at 15 or wherever. You know, he's where do you he's think going he's gonna top go? 10. Top 10. You think so? I those guys have gone top 10. And the funny yeah. part about it is every single one of them that's gone top 10 has been one thousand percent worth the pick so far. Like yeah. it, it, all of those teams are just like, man, I'm glad we got that guy. So he, it's, guys it, like that don't but like they he I was say don't bust. bust, but like they He's they big. Do, but they don't. I still yeah. think my favorite pre-draft like tweet, and it's still my like favorite tweet of the year is that you know, with all the opting out and the transfer portal and all that, it was you know, Jordan Davis has opted out of the NFL to join the Avengers. <laughs> like, oh god, yeah. After his and combine performance, too. like this guy's holy stupid. cow. Uh, now I wouldn't I will say I this. like you make me feel better about that pick. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and so your edge may suffer a little bit, but you are going to win on the interior a little bit. Maybe you play with your linebackers a little wider. Maybe you can do a little bit more to try and come up, fabricate some pressure, knowing that you got that guy in the middle. I I can see that working. Um, for me, I'm trading up for Jermaine Johnson, Florida State edge. Uh, he's spagsy. He's explosive. Like he He's got a ridiculously high ceiling, and he's going to play immediately. Like You don't have to train that dude he has a full arsenal of pass rush moves he's got the bendiness he's got you know the fluidity he's got the ability to play the run like he is in a really good edge rusher class he would be a guy that would be a top 10 pick normally i think he's probably going to be around 15 and i think that's a good spot for him to go so i trade up for him and I know this is probably a matter of preference. So tell me mm-hmm. if you if you guys have had this conversation, but how many edges do you think in this class could start day one and not necessarily be at the level that Jermaine Johnson, but how many of those guys would you feel comfortable saying, you know what, that guy could line up day one and it wouldn't be a stretch to think that? I think, I think one more beyond him. I think George Karloftis will start. Um, I don't think it's going to be nearly as splashy as, as him, but I think he's got football IQ he's got the size he's got a little bit of rush potential in him I think he can start um guys like boy Mafe, my Jai Sanders you know these guys that are Sam Williams are a little more yep. raw um I exactly. certainly have a ridiculously high ceiling but are just more raw I think the coaching staff maybe won't put them on the field as much and maybe I'm just speaking for you know, Steve Spagnolo there. I think that George Karloftis would be like the last guy that Steve Spagnolo would say, okay, you're on the field day one, you're starting. Also, if I traded up to 15 for Jermaine Johnson, I'd still probably take Ojabo at 30, by the way, just for my draft strategy. I'd, I'd take them both. I'd, I'd be good. So anyway, nice. Um, <laughs> Hobo Joe 93. What's the worst free agency signing made in the AFC West this year, BJ? Man. Oh, man. Give me some that, examples. Let's see here. Because here's the problem. Most of them have been really good signings in the AFC West this year. It's hard to find a bad one. So, yeah, I, I struggle with this one. I've read this question. I didn't know if you had one. I don't. I think they've all been good. I don't think that, and this is 
very nuanced as I say this. I don't think that the move the Raiders got for Devontae Adams is going to move the needle for the Raiders to get to where they want to go, but mm-hmm. determine success. There's excitement. It's Vegas. It's a new team. They needed to make like some fireworks, all of that. Are they a better team? Yes. Are they going to finish better because of Devontae Adams making the highest paid receiver in NFL history? Maybe they're more potent, but I don't think it puts them over the top, especially with everything else in the division. So I think that's one of the moves where in two, three years, they're going to be talking about cutting him, trading him. Uh, it's going to be really expensive. And these they're going to be trying to figure out how to get assets to fix the rest of the problems because they're not competing in the division again. So I, I don't know if that's hating on the move, but I just don't. No, Great I get move, that. But ain't gonna yeah. work. I, and I'll go with something similar because I don't necessarily hate the move in a vacuum. Randy Gregory to yeah. the Broncos. I mean, I they needed a pass rusher. He's a young pass rusher. I don't know if we're going to see he, him put the kind of production out there that the money and the years that they gave him. I, and I think that maybe that's all it is, just the money in the years. I think he's going to be fine for him. And I think he's going to play out the majority of that contract. I don't I don't think that they're going to be like you know, four years down the road and be like, man, we shouldn't have done that. I just think that, you know, I think he'll be fine and i think they paid him a little better than fine which is how free agency works unfortunately I so hated, yeah i hated the chargers paid mike williams because i wanted mike williams i know so yeah i hate them for doing that yes yeah. uh just drk at what point do you have to reevaluate your scheme based on personnel and availability he gave the example of Spag- spags's kind of edge rusher standards just not a ton of guys that are built like that who are available past the top 10 and impact players. This is kind of a team building thing, BJ. Do you have any opinions on that? Yeah. Offensively, we've seen Andy Reid do that throughout his entire career. Mm -hmm. He's he's redone the offense for Alex Smith. He redid it for Patrick Mahomes, all the RPOs. And now I know that the idea, the hope out there is that there'll be less RPOs uh, with the way that the offense has changed. And I do think there's a very real, um, you don't have Tyreek Hill. You don't feel the pressure to necessarily scheme him open or to get the ball in his hands. And now we're in a situation where maybe Patrick Mahomes can be a little bit more, you know, use the mental ability that he has. That's so good. That doesn't ever get enough credit uh, to read defenses and not feel like he's got to force the ball to Tyreek and not that they were, but you, they were undoubtedly running, you know, one man, like one read plays to try to get Tyreek kill the ball in certain situations Maybe now they open it up a little bit more reading for Patrick Mahomes and that could be better for the overall offense. But we've seen Andy Reid be creative and um, adapt to his personnel throughout his career. And I know I would be curious to hear your answer on how you've seen Spagnuolo throughout his career kind of tweak and do things differently based on who he's had in certain places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, he certainly he, he has invested in the cornerback in cornerback room in the past. Now, I know everybody looks at him and goes, "Oh, that man loves safeties." You know, they think back to Landon Collins, they think back to Tyron Matthew, and all that. It wasn't always the case. He did used to invest in cornerbacks, and he did like cornerbacks and wanted to be. I mean, he's a good secondary coach. And he loves cornerbacks. And so I think we've seen as the NFL has evolved a little bit and the teams have started switching to that too high structure. I mean, Spagnuolo was doing that, you know, a few years back when everybody gets gives credit to Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley for that stuff. And Spagnuolo was doing that now, granted, differently than those guys were, but he's still participating in that sort of stuff. So we have seen that a little bit. He's always built through the trenches. He always loved these massive defensive linemen. Just always loves these massive defensive linemen. I don't see that changing. I, you know, I also Jordan argue Jordan Davis, <laughs> Travis Jones, UConn. I mean, we can – I oh, man, there's a whole bunch of dudes. But Mark Juan McCall. Oh, mm, bully. Bring bully to me. But uh, I, I do think – like Andy Reid has his offensive tackle preferences. I mean, like he yeah. likes guys – with long arms. I I remember last year when all this discourse was going on, I reached out to uh, Jeff Allen, our, our pal, mm-hmm. and asked him, I was like, hey, do you think that there's anything here and all of that? And, you know, what what's going on? And he mentioned, you know, hey, Mitchell Schwartz came in here, and obviously he was a veteran, but Mitchell Schwartz may have changed his line of thinking on that. But Andy's favorite offensive lineman ever was King Dunlap. And it was like, oh, never mind. A- Andy just wants the longest dude that there is. You know, so, I mean, there, there's there's some of that that's that's out there. And it's worked for him. It really has. So, you know, it, it's hard to break some of that stuff when it does work. So, now, is it more fun from the draft process if you get to look at all of the edges and not just look at that guy and be like, Steve would never want that. So, you know, that's unfortunate, but meh. It is what it is. Nick Deal, how much, if any, do you think Malik Herring is in the team's thinking for the defensive end position this season? I've seen this a lot. Uh, Joshua Kando as well. And I think people are saying, well, we were sleeping on these guys. I, I think that they have a potential to be rotational players. I really do. I think that some guys watch some highlights. They see some of this stuff and they go, man, I can't wait for that guy to get in a Chiefs uniform. He's, he's going to be this, you know, guy that comes from a UDFA to a starter and an impact starter. That story just is, it's like BJ was talking about with camp. Don't put that on those guys. You put those expectations on those guys and you, you end up putting way too much on there. Josh Kando is a raw guy who got hurt, unfortunately. So he didn't get the reps that you would hope that he's going to get, 
Malik Herring was hurt last year, so he didn't get the reps that you would hope he's going to get. Those guys need those. Those guys need that at the NFL to see how fast it moves, the misdirection that gets thrown at him, all of that stuff. We saw that a little bit with Kando last year. I I think that both of those guys have a chance to be rotational players, but I think expecting them to be much more than that at this point in their career is just putting way too much on them. Yeah, I I saw a quote, and I don't know if it'll hit home here. Let people be adequate before they become great. And, like, these guys haven't even stepped foot on the field yet. So, no, they're not – Brett Veach isn't counting on a player that hasn't proven or even stepped on the field to be a guy. If they did that, he wouldn't be an NFL general manager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He just – that's true. You could be intrigued. You'd be excited about guys knowing they go out and compete and they have a chance to take the next step to go out and be an average NFL player and then an above average NFL player and then be a guy that we're all excited about. But yeah, there's athleticism there. Uh, they've had, they've done it before. Tim Ward, Darius Harris, guys we talked about for years. Oh, absolutely. Take a stab at those guys and good athletes and give them a chance to compete. But then you look at what they actually did on the field, you know, for the chiefs. And it's like, I mean, they, they made the yeah. roster. They were on the fringes of the roster and stuff like that. That's what you hope for. You're trying to build that depth up and trying to com- have the most guys that can compete. Those guys certainly yeah. fall into that bucket, and then we'll kind of see what happens after that. Just DRK, does a player like Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan, have more value to the Chiefs as he can help replace some of the things that Tyron did, but also let Legereus need play outside permanently? BJ, how do you feel about this? I'll set you up to answer your half of it because it's a okay. it's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Tyron Matthews given a lot, and I think we've talked about Dax Hill and the the freedom and the kind of what Michigan scheme allowed him to do. And some they trusted him to kind of freelance a little bit. I think tell me if I'm wrong, but we've had that conversation of yes. he could be a guy that would do some of those things. They're not going to give a rookie the leeway they gave Tyron Matthew to go do things. So let's not talk about things like that. Now, that being said, skill set wise, can you, can you see him growing into what Tyron did? Yes. Is anyone going to understand route combinations and what's happening on the field and be given just kind of this robber mentality, go do your thing in freelancing as a rookie. No, you have to earn that ability to be average before you're great and you're talking about a leader of a team that changed the culture that won us the super bowl so uh, again don't put that on these young players it's not fair to them at all it's not fair to justin reed um to put that on him but, oh my gosh but justin he's an awesome reed's presser justin reed's presser made me sad he had to answer like five questions about tyron matthew and he he did really well deflecting them and trying to move on from it and they just kept getting asked questions it's like guys let i I loved his quote i'm just going to try and be the best justin reed that i can be i'm not trying to be tyron matt trying to be the best justin reed that i could be i wish it would have been dropped after that but i get it they're they're i get what they're doing it's fine but um i would let sneak play outside permanently i wanted that to happen last year the chiefs went after a slot defender in free agency last year in k1 williams who now is playing with the broncos another really good signing for them because he's a really good player but they went after him last year I, I would like to see them maybe operate that way a little bit more. It, I think it would be fun. And Daxton Hill makes a lot of sense in that regard. And then you can play him a little bit in the slot, play your three safety sets with Dax Hill there, and then evaluate Juan Thornhill. 
and see what you need to do next with him. He is out of contract next year. If you have Daxton Hill, if you're comfortable rolling with Hill and Justin Reed, not only did you get something out of him in 2022, you built for the future as well. That's a no-brainer and, pick for me. So, yeah, I, I, I would like that. And that's a really hard thing for a rookie, too. You go to training camp, and the way that Tyron is used, you play inside, outside, safety, corner. Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. There's a lot of different meeting rooms, and there's yeah. a lot of rules you have to learn for a rookie, and they want to bring these guys along slowly. There's a reason when they go to rookie minicamp, they do it three days of practice, and then they come back like – a week later um, when OTA start and they literally do the same exact practice. It is the same exact thing after rookie minicamp for the first day of OTAs. And the reason why is coach Reed doesn't want to go slow for the rookies because they don't know what they're doing. So he gives them the same exact thing that he's going to have on OTAs the next week. So guys can just hammer it in. Like do not slow us down. And like you, it, it's fun to watch OTAs because it's about the, it's the testing of coach Reed's patience. I used to stand in the corner. I did this is Therese and I would talk about it. And every time you'd have to rehuddle, you could just see from like 300 yards away, like how upset coach Reed was getting because guys weren't lining up correctly. There's always rookie minicamp and he's kind of patient by the time OTA is there, not patient at all for the rookies. Yep. And they line up incorrectly and they lose a rep. He just yells at them like, get out of here. Yep. So. It's why you see all this stuff from early OTAs where it's like, well, the first team this week was disregard that. Those are the guys that know how to line up right now. So, I mean, like, yeah, makes sense. Matty J. Camp, those, are, yeah, those are very yeah. well-oiled machines. You go to a training camp practice and obviously watch the other guys. Mm-hmm. Watch how efficient those practices are. Like, there's no yeah. wasted time. Everybody mm-hmm. knows where they're going and what they're doing. Uh I got spoiled by going to training camp. Now when I go to – actually, the Shrine game, they did a really good job of moving. Uh, Galco and mm-hmm. the coaches that were down there did a really good job. But every year I went to the senior ball, I was like, man, this is this is how other teams do it? Like watching Gruden's practices, watching Matt Patricia's practices. It was just like, oh, my god, There's so much wasted time. And, ever, and mm-hmm. it just – it was frustrating to watch. And it was entirely because I was spoiled by Andy Reid. So, yeah. it's yeah. Matty JS, when is the next KCSN get together draft party? BJ, yeah. draft Good. party. Yeah, we are going to be at the Kingdom Bar and Grill in Overland Park. It's at 127th in Antioch, right there. It's been open the last few weeks. Uh, Chiefs themed. It's awesome. If you haven't been out there, it's a cool atmosphere. But we will be out there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday live streaming throughout the draft window it'll be a second screen party you can come hang out with us it'll be everything will be chief specific uh have some guests have some food specials some drink specials we're on we're setting all that stuff up right now that's what i'm working on uh get all that marketing down but if you're listening to this and you want to hang out with a bunch of other chiefs fans and, and talk with craig kent jake craig, whoever we can get up to this draft party we're gonna get as many people as we can but it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna have uh, obviously all the highlights we have exclusive interviews that we got from these guys out in Vegas um, and bring some cool guests on to talk about whoever the chiefs pick. So come hang out with some friends. Like I said, food specials, drink specials. It's going to be fun. I can't, it's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Cause we were in Vegas. Yeah. The, the only other time they did a chiefs event that since that bar has been open was the AFC title game. And we were in Vegas. I know we were in Vegas. Uh, yep. And it looked like it was an awesome experience for everybody. So, yeah, um, I am excited to go there. Anti-law lawyer. Okay, this this is a question that I think we've seen a little bit of, and it's partially because of the Tyreek deal. Some of the money moved around. Is Clark Hunt 
short on cash. As the offseason goes along, this possibility seems more and more probable to me. I don't know what else explains the moves or lack thereof that the Chiefs are making. I assume he means the general cash flow, not the billionaire being <laughs> like, short like, on uh, cash here. Yeah. I'm not going to pre- pretend to know anybody else's personal yeah. situation, but I think he's okay. Yeah. Um, I know that just – and this has been put out there before – that like obviously the cap. I mean, what was the one year they had like thirty bucks and then signed like two, yeah. seven guys. Right. Uh, the cap's not a real thing, but the cash limitation limitations on what owners when they set budgets. You know, they're running business. It's not just like there's this never ending you know surplus of money. Like they do have cash limitations to run their business on what they can or can't do. Famously, that's the the joke. I don't know how public it is about Khalil Mack and the Raiders. That they uh-huh. literally had to trade him to the Bears because they didn't have enough cash on hand to pay him the guaranteed money of the signing bonus that he was gonna get, get gonna get for that. So yeah. when Brant Tillis, when Chris Shea, when Brett Veach and the, the personnel staff are negotiating these deals and all of that, the parameters they're working on, like the cap is just kind of like an annoying little thing. They figure out a way to maneuver around it with the rules you have, but the the hard line are the cash limitations. I don't think it's cheap in any way. And we have the cash rules and, and Bearcat can talk about like, it's, I don't think it's a cash issue because I don't think they've spent a ton of cash this year. But then again, I'm not following all of that stuff. So I don't think it's a, a matter of it being less than it has in the past, but I know you guys have spoken more about this, I, but we I know have. they have cash limitations every year. It's not a cap thing. Yeah, and I, I kind of looked at that a couple of weeks ago before free agency started to just kind of see how much cash they were willing to spend. The past two years, not not including this year, but the past two years had been on the lower side. Obviously, after they won the Super Bowl, it was the COVID offseason. They yeah. signed everybody. That was the $177 and signed Patrick Mahomes and Travis right. Kelsey and Chris Jones and all those guys. But they didn't hi- hand out a ton of guarantees to those guys up front. So... Like, there wasn't a whole bunch of cash flow there. Last year, there wasn't a ton of it either. Just a couple of signings, a couple of players here and there. But they did try and spend like $30 million on Trent Williams and his signing bonus. And they Mm -hmm. tried to get Juju. So they were willing to spend that amount of money. That's why I was so confident that the Chiefs were going to come out and spend this year. Because I was was looking at it. I was like, listen, they're not afraid to spend. Like, they're not cash strapped. Uh, they they tried to spend last year. They weren't able to do so. And then this year, now all of a sudden we're seeing, I mean, listen, they were willing to offer a lot of money to Tyreek Hill. Don't, uh, don't, yeah. don't get anything twisted here. Now, just because they weren't able, not able, weren't willing to spend right. $72 million guaranteed. And for people who don't know how that works, when it's guaranteed, it's got to come out of the owner's pocket right then and there, go into an escrow and, it's got to sit there. I mean, it, it's not just like we see it in these contracts where it's paid out over time. It's sitting there and earning in that escrow. So that's something that not a lot of teams wanted to do. Tyree kills $94 million. That includes the injury guarantee. $94 million in practical guarantees is the highest non-quarterback guaranteed amount of money in the entire NFL for any player. The Chiefs obviously didn't want to do that. Like, we can talk all we want about Tyree Kill. I think that's what it boils down to, the guaranteed money and having to pay that up front, having to have that sitting there up front for that guy. I, Whatever reason that you want to say that, you know, it didn't happen for, I think that's the one to me because it, it's just, that's a lot of guaranteed money that got thrown yeah. out there. So, And I, when, let me get me 
me make sure I'm hearing you correctly, just the way it came out. You're not saying that you don't think they did it because of the decision of not wanting to put the cash or not having the cash. You're just saying, right. It's okay. If the organization decided not to make Tyree kill the highest paid non quarterback in NFL history that I think in all scenarios, I'm okay with the team, you know, saying, you know what, we're going to make you a number three paid player at this position. Mm-hmm. You want to be number one. You want to set these rules and go to a state with no income, to, like no state tax. Like yeah, there are a lot oh, of man. pieces. Yeah. He's going to Florida. Yeah. So like they can't compete with some of that stuff, but just because they set cash limitations on a year by year basis, like any business has a budget mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's cheaper. The reason that didn't happen is because of the unwillingness to want to part or not having that cash. It's just a matter of, the organization, it's not on Brett Veach. I've been saying this multiple times. The decision to make Tyreek, the, give him the $94 million guarantee that we're just talking about, that's not all on Brett Veach. Andy Reid is a part of that decision too. Clark Hunt is a part of that decision when you're talking about deals of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not that the Chief, no. Chiefs might have, you know, in practical guarantees, may have said, listen, we're willing to come up to 70. And Drew Rosenhaus, being the excellent agent that he is, says, listen, we're going to get 94 over here. And that may have been where the line was drawn and nobody was willing to give. And when you get to those scenarios, Chiefs looked at it and went, listen, um, we either try and make him play for us this year or we move on. I I don't know. I don't know what was in the what was happening or what was in the room, but I do think that guaranteed money is what the downfall was just because of it's just so much. It's not that Clark yeah. Hunt can't pay it. It's just that the organization said – we would rather allocate that money elsewhere. So anyway, moving on. Grayson asks, is Dion Bush any good? Um, he's okay. Uh, he's a fine, you know, kind of depth safety. I think he's more of a replacement for a guy like Armani Watts, a guy that's going to play a lot of special team snaps, be a good backup safety. I can say that he's my new favorite Twitter account. Uh, my, man, awesome. my man jumping in in the middle what's up Chiefs Kingdom right in the middle of Ty- Tyree Kill getting traded and immediately being like nah you know what I, I'll catch you guys my bad, yeah, my <laughs> my bad. bad. I loved later. that that was awesome but yeah I think he's going to be a special teamer depth guy I think he'll be a fine guy to have on the roster but I, I don't think that you want to be counting on him to play significant snaps if that makes any sense uh, just DRK and Grayson basically asked a similar question I'll let you start here, BJ. How many players does Beach draft now? Famously only ever drafted six players. He has 12 picks. How many players does he draft? Man. Uh, I'm going to say eight. You're going to walk away with about eight players. I need to see the roster. I need to see the Trade-ups? Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of hoping like he just uses all of those Saturday picks to move up for extra picks on Friday because Friday is going to be fun the way it is right now. Yeah. Like Friday oh, is man. going – they're all the days going to so be fun. fun. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with eight. Okay. Record. Is there any truth to the rumors that NFL teams like to just be like, nah, we're just going to trade the end of these picks. That way we don't have to sit around and wait. <laughs> Get started That's on your EFA early. I can tell you that they have more scouts paying attention to calling UDFAs in the middle of the draft and like the fifth round than they do who's actually like making the pick and who's coming up. And I can tell you players don't like getting drafted in the seventh round. Right, because they get paid less than the free market is offering them as a UDFA. Absolutely. 
All right, Andrew Hunter, do you think Veach will package multiple picks together to get into the top 10? I think that's going to be a little rich. I, I mean, I think you got to package both of the first or the first and both seconds to maybe get close to 10. I just don't – the strength of this draft is in defensive end and wide receiver, and I still think, based on, you know, like trading – the two picks, two early picks that they got from the Dolphins, 29 and 50, you can get up to about 15. And I think that you could still get a really good wide receiver, a really good pass rusher at that spot. So I think 10 might be a little rich unless, as VJ wants, you're going up for Jordan Davis. Well, what about, I mean, this is not going to happen, but let's just play the what if game. Yeah. But Thibodeau, if Aiden Hutchinson yeah. drops a little bit, I mean, are those defensive identity building block type players to where you're like, you know what? I'll give up 29, 30, and maybe not 50, but a couple and try to go up. If I don't think Hutchinson's going to fall, but Hutchinson's going one, I think, but yes. Yeah. yeah, I, like, yeah. Thibodeau might just because it, there's so much yes. weird stuff about with him mm-hmm. that what if he falls down to eight, nine, is he a guy I, that you would be happy if they went up and got, is he that kind of talent? Me? Yes. I, I, I think it would. I, we talked about it just a, about this long on the lab last night. I posited my theory that I had presented like four weeks ago when we were pretty sure that Frank was getting cut. It's like, what if they keep him? Because they think Thibodeau is going to fall and they want an adult in the room, not to use that term that the Browns use. But, you know, a, a, I immediately some, triggered. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but like somebody that can like show him. It's like, this is how we do things in the NFL. This is how we show up. This is how we do things. I've yeah. posited that theory, and then they restructured Frank. And now we're sitting here going, well, is all the rumors coming out of the combine, is he falling? I would gladly take that man because he has probably the highest ceiling of any of the past. Eh, Trevon Walker. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like super high ceiling on that dude if his head's yeah. on straight. Like, that. that's the only concern. If you're keeping Frank around for a year to keep that kid's head on straight, and then you're saying, hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. They're, they're, that's good. Use it. Again, refreshing the core. There you go. I'd do it. I don't know if the Chiefs would, but I'd do it. All right. Uh, what's up, Doc? And Robbie asked, could the lack of Tyreek actually open up our offense as teams won't have to be as concerned and play too high safeties to contain the deep ball? This is fun. Because I do think there's going to be some of this. Uh, MVS obviously means that you've got to keep a safety over the top. And actually, if you go and watch Green Bay's offense, there were times where they would leave Devontae Adams one-on-one just because he operated shorter than MVS did, and they'd still bracket MVS. They were still commanding attention over the top. So I think that you're still going to see teams pay enough attention to it, enough attention to McCall Hardman, but I certainly think that you're going to see more single high, especially if the Chiefs move on from RPOs a little bit, implement a little bit more of the power run game. You're going to see teams try and stack the box a little bit. Then you might see McColl and MVS get loose a little bit behind some of these defenses. I think this actually might bring a little bit of balance to it. Obviously, still worse. I'm with DJ. Still worse in 2022 without Tyree Kill. But maybe the balance of the offense shifts a little bit. You just have people like right on the edge of being triggered, like right there. Yep. <laughs> this is very nuanced. Pull them back. Pull them back. <laughs> yep. Pull them back. 
All right, uh, Zach Eisen asked, does Orlando Brown's APY get affected by the Teron Armstead deal? Uh, Teron Armstead did not get as much, I think, as some people thought. I mean, he's a little bit older. Um, what do you What do you think, BJ? You think they, that Orlando Brown's going to break the bank? You think he's going to go up over Trent Williams, or you think he's going to kind of fit behind him? I think he has all the leverage, so I w- it would make all the sense in the world that he would get more because of the position that he's in. They traded for him without giving him that deal, and they can't let him go. He's the guy, and his agent knows that. He knows that. And I think anytime a top-of-the-market player, and whether he sets the market or gets a little bit less, to your point, with a guy like Armstead, anytime those deals come out, they're going to help set those numbers, no matter what mm-hmm. they are. So. Is it going to I mean, affect it? Absolutely. Is it going to be higher, lower than that? I think he's going to set the benchmark because he's going to be protecting the best player in yeah. all of football right in the middle of his prime. And they gave up premium picks for him without giving him that deal when it got done. So from a leverage standpoint. so young still. Like, I, oh, I mean, it's. I believe he is he 24 or 25. I don't know if he's hit 25 yet. He might still be 24. I mean, he's. He's just still so young. You you don't is he 25? Yeah, you he don't turns 26 in May. Oh, there you go. You don't typically get a chance to pay guys like that that you are comfortable being your cornerstone for the next five years at 25, 26. Like you don't. Yeah, it doesn't typically twice. come up. So I mean, yeah, I think he's gonna break the bank. We'll just see. Yeah. We'll see if he gets more than Trent. I can see it because he'll be the last guy to do it. It's not always the best. It's the last. Look at Stefan Diggs and Cooper Cup's contract this year. Both of those guys are like crazy below market value now because they weren't the last guys to get paid. All right. Zach's Minerax. When we still beat the Bills in the AFC playoffs, <laughs> do you think that the loss in that game will be more or less devastating than 13 seconds given the moves they've made this offseason to go all in. BJ, I mean, should we call I, Mitch and see if, if he wants to get on and explain how that's going to work out? He could. I <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even thinking about the Bills because I'm too fired up for winning the division for the seventh year in a row and just dunking on all of the fans like this is where cheese fans are just going to come together and be the most insufferable fan base in sports history uh after this offseason and all of the shit talking uh from the rest of the division that if andy reed and patrick mahomes go out there and remind everybody that they're still andy reed and patrick mahomes oh, man. Uh, it's going to be biblical to quote i mean it just i i fully believe that they will because this is Andy, it's Patrick. We're gonna find. We're gonna figure some of this out. I think we're gonna see some of the machinations behind all of this. You know, after the draft, as they're getting into training camp, some of that. That doesn't mean that those other teams aren't really, really damn good. Like they all got better. Every single one of them got significantly better. But yeah, they really did talk a lot of shit on the way there for a bunch of teams that, frankly haven't been able to hold the Chiefs jockstrap in a little while now. So it will be very sweet. I think we will see prime Andy after they win the division. I, I threw this in here. Yeah, yeah the Bills. Yeah, like I'm all about beating the Bills as well, but I threw it in here because I knew you were going to go with the divisional part of that. It's just 
It's coming. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. the only team that the only team we talk trash right now, and you can't say anything is the Bengals. Right, they talk trash. Be like, all right, you beat us. Beat them twice. You only beat us. Yeah, but like when the fucking Broncos <laughs> beat us in like seven years. <laughs> oh, we got rust now. It's like, yeah, you do. You got better. Good for you. Enjoy yeah. losing twice a year. So, I mean, it we're we're gonna see it. And yes, that is a lot of confidence placed in Andy and Patrick. But like, if I gotta put confidence in two dudes, like, yeah, you you got how many times do we have to be reminded that they can get it done? I mean, look, yeah, yep, that yeah. It'll be fun. Final one here. I uh, heard rumors today uh, with the Chiefs kind of looking at some of the middle tier free agents here. Grayson asks, what would you pay Arden Key? Arden Key, you know, uh, coming off of uh, a really good year in San Francisco. Uh, played a lot on the interior on pass rushing downs for them. Had six and a half sacks, I believe. A really good year on a really good defensive line, but was able to crack it on some passing downs. Probably would play defensive end on first and second downs. Would probably be more in the Alex Okafor-ish role. Coming in in the dime, being a pass rusher next to Chris Jones. I mean, I'd I'd pay a guy like that four or five million dollars. I think that I liked him a lot coming out of college. Had some injury concerns coming out of college, but I liked him a lot, and he's put on weight, so he can actually play on the interior a little bit now. And that was the thing for him in college. I remember coming out because he had the huge, like, sophomore – I might get the Mm -hmm. years mixed up. He had, like, a huge sophomore year, and then he kind of fell off. He had the wrist injury, I think it was. He had a a couple injuries that he was dealing with, and it was one of those question marks of um, his health, his motivation, all of those things. But when he flashed, it was all there. So I'm all about taking a 25-year-old pass rusher that has the athleticism and the upside to get a big time deal. He just needs to put it together, put him in a situation in a motivated player in a mm-hmm. contract year. Like it's a very, not Emmanuel Ogba esque, but you get those guys at this age go out and produce for a second year in a row. He got six and a half sacks last year. He goes out and shows that he could be a situational pass rusher. Teams will pay those guys a little bit more money. Oh, yeah. Is he a every down defensive end and just line him up? No, probably not. But I don't think he's going to get paid like that, and he shouldn't expect to get paid like that. But he goes out and puts a good year together for the Chiefs in a new system. He's going to set himself up for a nice payday. And fits with Spags. Has the length. Has, you know, he's put on some weight, so he's got that density. Can play on the edge. And Spags loves those guys that can kick inside. He's you know, run a lot of those random. Games. Yeah. Completely random comment. I looked up Orlando Brown because, you know, he's 25. He's about to turn 26. Orlando Brown, born May 2nd, 1996. Arden Key, May 3rd, 1996. The next well, there day. you go. There they, you they go. Exactly. Almost birthday buddies. It needs to happen. Now, we'll see if the Chiefs sign him. That will do it for 21 questions. If you are still listening, we thank you so much. We love you. Click the subscribe button. If you're not, get down there. Click that thing. Stay tuned to everything we've got going. We have been a go-to this past week for everything free agency and it's only going to ramp up as we get closer to the draft so hit that subscribe button stay tuned to kcsn we'll have you covered and we'll catch you later craig is great this is the story of the one 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.